Hello, I am Brother Chris, and welcome to One Living Word, where we examine and share spiritual lessons on one or more verses from one chapter of the Bible. Today we're focusing on the topic, Godly Sorrow, based on our reading of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Let us hear what the word of the Lord has to say in this passage of Scripture. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Have you ever been placed in a position where you do something that hurts someone you care a lot about? Have you ever felt when you realized that the person was hurt because of your action? How did you really feel? Did you spend time trying to explain why you did the thing that hurt the person or did you try to let the person know how sorry you were for doing something that hurt them? There are many of us who feel sorrow whenever we do something that causes others to feel hurt. But do you know that some of us feel more uncomfortable when we do something that causes another human being to feel pain than when we disobey a commandment of God? Do you know that some of us are more afraid of what other human beings will think of us because of the negative things we have done, but we don't feel the same way when it comes unto breaking the commandments of God? Could it be that because we can see other human beings, we find it much easier to feel sorry or have a feeling of sorrow. But when it comes to God, we find it more difficult to feel sorrow because we just cannot see Him. Today, while reading 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the moment I got to verse 2 and my eyes opened wide, what was the Apostle Paul saying to the brethren? For God the sorrow worketh repentance salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Based on what Paul is saying here, it seems as if there are at least two types of sorrow. One that worketh repentance and one that does not work repentance. In other words, there's a type of sorrow that would not lead us to acknowledge that we have done something wrong and put us to the side to turn away from the wrong. Wow, this is truly profound. However, before we move any further, let us take a few minutes to look at what the word sorrow really means. The Webster Revised Unabridged Dictionary defines the word sorrow as to feel pain of mind in consequence of evil experienced, feared, or done, to grieve, to be sad, to be sorry. Based on the above definition of the word sorrow, the Lord is telling us that there is a kind of grief, sadness, and pain resulting from something that we have done wrong that would lead us to repentance. In essence, Paul is saying that only godly sorrow can work on our heart and lead us to repentance. Only a heart that is under the control of the Holy Spirit can produce the kind of sorrow that would lead to repentance. Let us take a few minutes to look at how the New Living Translation of the Bible renders this passage of Scripture. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There is no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance 
results in spiritual death. Wow. You hear that? You hear that? What a powerful rendition of the text. Do you see what Paul is saying here? God wants us to have a certain kind of sorrow that will lead us not just to repent of our transgression, but will lead us away from yielding to the temptations of Satan. So in other words, for us to receive the gift of life or the gift of eternal life, God is reminding us today that we need to have a kind of sorrow that will push us away from sinning and towards God and obedience of his commandments. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on this passage of scripture, this is what he said. The antecedent of true repentance is godly sorrow. This work at repentance. It is not repentance itself, but it is a good preparative to the repentance. And in some sense, the cause that produces repentance. The offender has great sorrow. He was in danger of being swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. And the society was greatly sorrowful, which before was puffed up. And this sorrow of their of theirs was after a good manner or according to God. That is, it was according to the will of God, tended to the glory of God, and was wrought by the Spirit of God. It was a godly sorrow because a sorrow for sin as an offense against God, an instance of ingratitude, and a fortitude of God's favor. There's a great difference between this sorrow of godly sort and the sorrow of the world. Godly sorrow produces repentance and reformation and will end in salvation, but worldly sorrow worketh death. The sorrow of worldly men for worldly things will bring down gray hairs to the, to the sooner to the grave. And such a sorrow, even for sin, as Judas had, will have fatal consequences as his had, which wrought death. Today, God is reminding us that we need to continue to surrender every single year of our lives to the total control of the Holy Spirit so that God can produce in us godly sorrow for our sins. Only this kind of sorrow will lead us to repentance and salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word today. The reminder that godly sorrow leads to repentance. Father, we pray that you will place within our hearts this godly desire so that, Lord, all of our transgressions can be blotted out of the book. All of our transgressions can be blotted out of the book and we can stand like a brave with our face to the full. Lord, thank you for the message. The words of encouragement. If we rest our hands in your hands and allow you to lead us, then none of these diseases will fall upon us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers, we pray. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Have a blessed and Holy Spirit-filled day.